Speaking of communion, I want you guys to imagine with me for just a minute Jesus in that upper room celebrating the Passover meal with his apostles. They're sitting around and Jesus starts to tell them this. After he finishes washing their feet, he says this to the apostles. One of you guys is going to betray me. And then he goes on and says, all of you are going to get scattered you're going to be scared, and I'm going to leave you very soon. And then he turns to Peter and says directly, and you, Peter, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. At this moment, Judah stands up and leaves. The apostles are freaking out. Where is he going? And then he says this, one of my favorite verses, John 16, 33, he says, in this world, you will have tribulation. He's telling his apostles, in this world, guys, you're going to have problems. As a matter of fact, you're going to have major anxiety and worries in this world. He doesn't tell them this, but God knows, Jesus knows that all of them are going to be killed. They're going to be martyred except for one, John. So, boy, talk about tribulation. But then he doesn't stop there. He continues and he says this. But take heart. I have overcome the world. You're going to be scared. You're going to be scattered. You're going to be persecuted. I'm leaving you. But don't worry, Jesus says, I got this. I am in control. I am with you. I have overcome the world. Like I mentioned, this is one of my favorite verses, John 16, And I love that promise that Jesus is telling us, take heart, I have overcome the world. But I'm going to be very honest. I believe God. I believe his promises. But I get worried. I get anxious. I'm getting a lot better. I really am. My worries was to, used to be really, really bad. I couldn't sleep. But I'm past that. But I'm not where I want to be. And we're a church family, right? I consider us Grace Bible Church family. And in a family, in a relationship, we need to be authentic. Can I be real with you guys? Can I be authentic? I'm going into a season where I'm getting anxious. I'm getting worried. I'm excited about the new building, but behind the new building, I worry and I pray. I say, God, am I able? Are we able to minister more people that are coming in? A new building means more expenses, and I worry. I get anxious about that. And personally, I'm going into a season where my wife is stepping down from being a full-time teacher and subbing. My youngest is going off to college. More expenses, less income. Go figure. And I'm anxious. And I worry. But I believe his promises. I really do. Are you guys anxious? I am more than sure that you are worried about something. Just look around. We're coming out of a season where anxiety is at an all-time high. COVID, sickness, disease. I heard on the news that kids are more anxious than ever. Suicide rates have skyrocketed. I was talking to a friend the other day, and he says, you notice how come there's more heart attacks now? And I said, yeah, the reason for it, there's more stress now. Anxiety, worry affects you in so many ways. 
And, and you know what the reason for anxiety is? Is that we don't have control of certain situations. And so we get anxious. Anxiety is a shower of what ifs. What if I don't find the right spouse? What if my marriage doesn't work? What if we can't do it financially? What if I don't pass the test? What if, what if, what if? And since we don't know the answers to those questions, we worry and we get anxious. As I was preparing for the sermon, I saw some statistics that were really interesting. I want to share with you uh, statistics about worrying. Now check this out. 40% of what we worry about never happens. 40% of what we worry about will not occur. 30% of what we worry about already happened. We worry about the future and also we worry about the past. 12% is needless worry about our health. Am I going to get sick? What's going to happen 10% is needless, petty stuff. Will the Cowboys win the Super Bowl? Let me just tell you, they will never win the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm just being honest, right? So don't worry about that. 8% church, 8% of what we worry about is legitimate. 8%. 92% of what we worry about it's nonsense. We should not worry, but yet we still do. It all boils down to this. We worry because we don't have faith. We, if we're honest, I'm being honest, we hear the words of Jesus, but we don't live them out. Let me finish out the complete verse of John 16, and this is what Jesus says. I have said these things to you. You're going to be alone. You're going to worry. You're going to be anxious. You're going to be persecuted. That in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In me you will have peace. So how do we get that peace? How do we achieve peace that can only be found in Jesus Christ? How do we overcome anxiety? That's what we're going to be looking at today. So if you have your Bibles with you, please open them up to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. If you don't have a Bible with you, grab underneath the chair. The verses will be on the screen behind me. By the way, this message is a standalone message. Next week we will be preaching on Palm Sunday to prepare our hearts for Easter Sunday. So today we're going to see how we can overcome anxiety. Just a quick context. Paul is writing this letter, an epistle. To a church, and he is writing this letter literally on death row. If anyone should have a reason to be anxious, it was him. But yet he pens these letters or these words, and he begins by saying, Rejoice, rejoice. And then he says this in verse 6, chapter 4, Philippians Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Familiar verse, right? 
I think a lot of us have heard it. A lot of us have read it. But I want us to go back and dissect these verses carefully. And I want us to focus on three things of what we just read right now. The first thing I want us to see is the what. The commands. The what. And then we're going to see the how. Four key ways on how we can overcome anxiety based on what God is telling us. And the last thing, the third thing is the why. The promise. The promise we have when we do what Paul, influenced, inspired by the Holy Spirit, tells us to do. The what, the how, the why. Let's dig in. First, the what, the commands. So Paul opens up with two commands, a positive one and a negative one. He says this, they're imperatives. The negative command, first of all, he says, do not be anxious. It's a command. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Do not be anxious about anything. I don't care what language you translate that word anything. Anything means anything. Don't be anxious about anything. Not your health, not your finances, not your relationship, nada. That's the command, the negative command he begins with. Do not be anxious. Don't worry. Jesus says the exact same thing in Matthew 6. This is what he says. Verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious. The same command. Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. He goes on and says, look at the flowers. Look at the birds. My Father in heaven gives them everything they need. Won't he give you more? Don't be anxious. But he doesn't stop there. He continues. Verse 34. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Don't worry about the what ifs. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day, it's its own trouble. Oh, ye with little faith, don't be anxious. Church, being anxious doesn't change a single, single thing. You can't control what's going to happen. You cannot change your past. It doesn't change a thing by us worrying. The thing it does change is you. How you act. Your mood. Your stress levels go up. It affects your health. It affects the people around you. Being anxious makes you mad. And people don't want to be around you. That's not what we're called to do. Two commands. Do not be anxious. The other command, the positive command, pray. Do not be anxious about every, anything, but in everything pray. As a matter of fact, in the original language, it would read like this. Nothing be anxious about, but in everything, pray. Commands. We are commanded to. What is a three-letter word when we disobey God, his commands? What is it called? Sin. When we worry, if we're being honest, when we're anxious, we are disobeying God. We are sinning. Let's look at the 
the how, four key ways that we are told in this scripture. The how, how can we overcome anxiety? Again, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, and here they are, I numbered them. One, prayer. Two, supplication. Three, thanksgiving. And four, let your requests be made known to God. Four key ways on how can we overcome anxiety and worrying. Let's go through them quickly to see what they mean. First, prayer. Prayer. And prayer means worship and adoration. Really prayer, what it means is to focus on God. Come to him in awe and say, wow, you are so great. That's prayer. But what we tend to do is we focus on our problem. We need to take away and not focus on our problem, but focus on the problem solver. The one who can overcome any of our problems. That's what prayer means. How great God is. One of the things that I do every Sunday is I go outside and I look at a sunset. I, I know that during the week there's going to be stress. There's going to be issues coming up. So I prepare my heart through prayer and I ask God, you are awesome. Help me get through this week. And just looking at the sunset just reminds you of who he is. And we focus and we should focus on him. I mentioned that I know most of us, if not all of us, are anxious or get worried or maybe in a season right now of high anxiety or worry. Let me ask you, what issue in your life are you anxious about right now? What are you worried about? Think about that for a second. Now let me ask you another question. Do you think that the creator of the universe cannot help you? I've seen this post over and over and over again. And it asks this question, do you have a big problem and a small God or do you have a big God and a small problem? And we tend to focus on our problem and not on God. We need to come to him, first of all, in prayer. Second thing, supplication, which means to ask. Now we need to focus on our needs. Supplication, but it, it, it causes us to be humble. We need to humble ourselves and say, Father, I don't know what to do. In humility we say, Father, I need you. Tell me what to do in my marriage. Show me. How do I handle my finances? Now, this supplication is not a trade-off. It's not a bargain supplication. God, I will start going to church. Watch me. God, I'll join a small group. Look at me now. If you... You fill in the blanks. That's not what supplication means. Supplication means I can do it, but I know you can. Supplication really means let your will be done, not mine. That's what we're called to do. See, we often come to God and say, God, get me out of this problem. And nowhere, nowhere in his word does God say, I'm going to relieve you of your problems. In this world you will have tribulation. But constantly we hear through his word that he will get us through our problems. Why? Because he is with us. Prayer. Supplication. Number three, thanksgiving. This means to focus on what God has done. To come before him with thankful hearts. 
Hollywood, one commentator says, he says this, our prayers and supplications should be sprinkled with thanksgiving. Thank you, God. Come to him in prayer, humbly saying, Father, tell me what to do, but I thank you that I'm going through this struggle because I know at the end of this season, at the end of this anxiety problem, I'll be stronger because hopefully I have more faith in you. Thank you, God. Thank you. When was the last time when you prayed, you just said, thank you? That's what we're called to do. Come to him with thankful hearts. Rick Warren says this, have an attitude of gratitude. And that should be our prayer. Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, and last, requests. Specific request. It's interesting, when I did a word study on request in, in Greek, and I hope I'm pronouncing it right, it's itimwa, which means specific be specific. Present your specific needs. Father, I am anxious about my son going off to college. He's the youngest that I have. He's going to be out there. I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried of the decisions he's going to make. Father, I need you. Be specific. Give your problems, specific problems up to him. You are carrying the weight that you shouldn't. Just drop them. Drop them at his feet. I love what Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares. When you do this, it's like this weight lifted off your back. You just, there it is. You got it. You're in control. You can handle it. So I'm giving them to you, Father. Martin Luther says this, pray and let God worry. That's what we need to do. So far we looked at the what, the two commands, do not be anxious, pray about everything. The how, prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, and your specific requests. Let's look at the why. And I love this, the promise. When we do these things, here is the promise. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What is a promise? When we obey God's command and do as he says, we have the peace of God. I want us to dissect verse 7 again because it's just mind-blowing to me. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, more than we can comprehend, will guard, will protect, will keep safe your hearts, your inner self, and your minds, your thoughts in Christ Jesus. When we do this, he gives us peace. Now this peace that surpasses all understanding is a peace that you're saying, I should be worried, God, but I'm not. Everything around me is crumbling, but yet I have a peace. What's going on? That's the peace that surpasses all understanding that God promises us. Jesus says the same thing about this peace. In John 14, 27, he says this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled Neither let them be afraid. The peace that surpasses all understanding only can come from Christ. And, and 
the honest truth is that we seek peace. We want peace, but we seek peace in things of this world. So we chase after alcohol or drugs or shopping or overeating or working out or staying at work. And we're trying to find a peace. And you'll get a temporary peace, but you won't get a peace like God promises that it only comes through his son, Jesus Christ. An eternal peace that surpasses all understanding. That's what we want. That's what we need. You know, Jesus knew what it was like to be anxious. Fully human, yet being fully God, we read in the gospel that Jesus at the garden, he's praying. He's so anxious, church. He starts to sweat blood. Talk about anxiety. And he's asking God, God, I'm worried, I'm nervous, I'm scared. He says, if there's any other way, if there's any other thing you can do, please do it. But he prays and he says this as well. Let your will be done, not mine. And you know, as he's praying this, he had a thankful heart. You know why I believe this? You know why I know this? Because we read in the scriptures that he wanted to do what he needed to do. Because the cross set before him, he went with joy. He endured the cross because he knew that was the only way that any of us could have peace from God. He took the sacrifice the wrath that you and I deserved, the punishment for our sins. So the wrath of God is no longer on us. Anyone who trusts Jesus Christ is lifted from them. So we get the peace from God, which allows us to have the peace of God. You know, my oldest is already in college and my youngest is about to go. And I can't help but think of when they were young and they still wanted to be with me. Every night that it rained and there was a thunderstorm and there was wind crashing and you name it, they'd come to our bedroom. I'd see them through the hallway. And they'd say, Dad, can we sleep with you? We're scared. Of course, of course you can. And the minute they jumped in bed with us, out, peace. Circumstances didn't change. The thunderstorm was still going on. The wind, the noise, what changed was now they were in the presence of their father. Church, you can have that peace when you change from looking and focusing on your circumstances and replacing them with the peace that only your heavenly Father can give you. Here's what I want us to remember when we feel the anxiety. Here's my sermon point to you this morning. His peace replaces my problems. Can you remember that? His peace replaces my problems. When I'm in his presence, when I focus on him, when I come to him in prayer, the way we're told to come to him in prayer, you will find a peace that no matter what's going on around you, 
will surpass all understanding. Church, imagine the testimony we as a church family could have if we did this, if we believed that his peace can replace our problems. People will come to it and say, wow, dude, I just heard that you lost your job. Wow, I just heard that you had a tragedy. I hear you got cancer. But how, how are you so calm and peaceful? And we say, him. Because of Jesus, he replaces my problems. And I have a peace. A peace that only he can give me. Jesus is the answer. Let's pray. Father, we do give you thanks and praise for who you are. And most of all, the promises that we read in your word. Help us. Convict us through the Holy Spirit to not only listen to your words, but to live them out. And I know, Father, there's so many of us, including myself, that go into seasons that seem impossible. But you are always possible, Father. So, Father, I pray if anyone's going through a season in their life right now that is full of anxiety, whatever it is, you know their hearts, that these words could be a refreshment, a truth, that they would practice this, they could feel your peace and be at ease in a world full of tribulation. Let us not forget the words that your son Jesus says. Take heart. I have overcome the world. What a beautiful promise. We love you, Father. We praise you. And it's his name we pray. Amen. Thank you, church. God bless you. Love you guys.